Welcome to Canada's Property Management Podcast, your number one resource for investing, managing, and maximizing the value of your real estate assets. And now, here's your hosts, Carla Brown and Adrian Schultz, Canada's rental property experts. It's weird. Like, I'm immediately thinking of Oompa Loompas from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Has that happened to me before? No? Uh, well, not, not that you've told me. Not that you've told so me. We're talking about team. So the minute we talked about team, I thought about Oompa Loompas, which tells you where my head is at. Um, <laughs> how the heck do you put together a team in your property management business? And why have we not talked about this before? Yeah, I I know, right? It's so important, but it's something that I was reminded of a in a conversation last week where people were talking about they can't grow their business. And then when we started like pulling apart why they can't grow their business, it always comes down to, you know, I'm so busy, blah, blah, blah. And then I said, well, you need to have someone else to do that. And it was almost like a light bulb moment. I'm like, I think in property management, the way I kind of looked at it is I think in, in property management, you can go a certain step just by being all by yourself, like solely by yourself. And then you might need to, you know, outsource marketing, or maybe you're going to outsource uh, some of your administrative, or maybe you're going to get your bookkeeper to do a little bit more work or your accountant, whatever the case may be. But nobody really understands in my mind that then go from the, the next level, you really start to need to be thinking about who your team is that's going to take you to this next level and who this, the, I say leadership team, people think that sounds so corporate, you need this big company, but essentially a small company needs a leadership team. Key people. Forward. Yeah. So Team is really, really, really important if you're trying. And you can't go from, you know, 100 units to 300, 400, 500 without having a dedicated team and having some kind of structure in that. Because that's the worst part then, right? If you get a team together and everyone's just like doing their own thing and then you're hiring people. We've talked about where you just hire people to fill gaps instead of realizing that there should have been like some strategy or structure to get along with that. And let's just take a, a typical property management office that is managing two to 300 single family homes. What would that team look like? Right. So from what I'll call leadership or, you know, those that are kind of in charge of departments, department heads, call them what you will. I would say, well, most are going to have some kind of a managing broker in place because most properties are regulated. You need a broker, right? So you're going to have this broker and then you need someone who's on the operational side. So operations manager, someone who's in charge of like all of that administration and that accounting. And then you have the property management cycle, like that whole leasing and understanding how, you know, from start to finish that works. You're going to have someone probably responsible on the maintenance side could be flow over to property manager until you hit a certain level. And then that's going to have to be broken apart. And then if you are growing, you're going to have to have someone in charge of business development or sales. So, you know, you might put those people and they might not be considered leaders in your office to begin with, but hire them with that in mind that eventually you want them to kind of like own that department. And then that's how owners of a business start to remove themselves from the business. And you can either remove yourself to sell it, or you can just remove yourself to go do something else. There's two ways of looking at it. Not everyone wants to sell their business, but not everyone wants to work in it every day. I want to pause for a moment because I think it's assumed that most owners are likely the principal broker of their most property be, management yeah. business. Okay. Yeah. So I think one of the most common mistakes made in this industry is that they either don't 
or they hire a business development leader too late in the business cycle. Mm -hmm. So you've seen enough offices uh, open throughout the years in this industry. At what point should you be hiring a business development person? Or are they the first that you hire? You know, I get that question a lot, Adrian, on who who do I hire first? And I always say hire for what you don't really enjoy doing. Because if you really enjoy and you're really passionate about doing part of that business, then you're always going to kind of like tend to have your fingers in that side of the business, figure out which it is that you don't really enjoy and then hire for that. But I will put one caveat on that. Usually your administrative positions are going to have the least financial impact on you. So don't like get caught up in doing administration. If that could maybe be offloaded to either virtual assistant or in person, you know, a lot of those can be done remotely, whether you're in Canada, the U S or outside of those countries. So I see a lot of people get, uh, you know, they're, I'm so busy because they're busy posting rents and things like that, that, that they shouldn't be doing, but then hire for where you're not super strong in or something that you just don't really enjoy. Otherwise you're always going to like want to go to that part that you really enjoy anyways. So there's not a right or wrong in my mind, but really looking at it from all of those different departments and then figuring out really early on what part you want to stay in for a period of time and then start delegating or hiring out from there. That's my advice. I don't know. You might look at it differently. No, and I and I I, I love the rawness of that r- advice, right? Because I don't think there's right or wrong. And I, I really appreciate what you're saying that hire for the skills and abilities that you don't have. So there's some, there's a little bit of like self-looking in the mirror development there as you need to hire for your weaknesses. Another, I, I suppose like a additional add-on to that is I think that we are sometimes afraid to hire key people or leaders when we're a small business because we're afraid of the cost, right? And and I think we should be looking at it as, well, wait a minute, if I hire a business development person, what will they bring in, right? What what new revenue, what growth are they going to help me achieve versus how can I afford a business development person? Like I think we just look at it sometimes in the wrong way, in the pessimistic way, whereas really if I hire this person, it will help me reach my goals faster. Yeah. I have um, I have a spreadsheet that I work with new offices on uh, specifically on that business development piece that, okay, well, let's figure out what you would kind of like to pay. And then let's work that backwards on what you think that that would actually bring in. And then we also figure out because most salespeople are incentivized by the sale So then what's that base look like? And then how do you keep them incentivized? And then what does that look like to your bottom line? So you can kind of figure it out. And when you put that out on paper, then they're like, I can't afford to hire somebody. They can see it differently because it's people sometimes just all get caught up in what they can't see. Um, And instead of like, once you put it on paper, it becomes a little bit more real. And then when you were talking about that, it also reminded me of a tool that that I share with our new offices. And you know what? This tool, I'd actually be happy to share with any of our listeners if they're a growing property management company. And it's this spreadsheet of like every task that I think that needs to be done in a property management company. So it's quite long. And then I broke it out into departments where logically that probably falls. And that kind of helps people distinguish where they should hire first. Because I always say like, just lean where you what you don't love doing is probably where you should lean first. And that kind of helps also make a bit of a task list going forward. So do we ever tell people how they can contact us? Um, you Go can, for it. 
<laughs> you can just email us at support or info, I guess is probably the best email info at realpropertymgt.ca. And I'd be happy to share that spreadsheet with you. It'll bring a little bit of clarity to your business if you're trying to grow it. And if you listened to the prior episode, you'll know that Carla giving out an email address is a really big deal because she used to only use fax machines and smoke signals to communicate with people, which is a sign of her time in the industry. Smoke signals is pushing it. (laughs) But very true. Very true. (laughs) Now that's real property management. Thanks for listening to Canada's Property Management Podcast. If you like this episode, please subscribe and give us a rating, which will help us reach more listeners. Until next time, connect with us on social media and online at realpm.ca. Today's episode is brought to you by Century 21 Canada, the gold standard in real estate. Explore listings, find an agent, and get advice at www.c21.ca.